Ask any racer, any real racer. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? I Am, episode two. It is Chen's alongside co-host Puma. Back at you on Super Bowl Sunday. How are you feeling today? I feel good. You know, it's another episode. Um, we got a lot of good positive review from the first one. So, you know, everything's good. Everything's good. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. You. Me. I've been waiting for this day for 17 years. Yeah. 17? Mm-hmm. When, uh, you know, it's kind of, I, I talked about this last week, how it's now full circle. Rams, last time they were in the Super Bowl was 2002. Against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And here we are again, 17 years later. What What has happened in the last 17 years in our lives. Let's wow. see. We were we were 6th uh, grade. 11? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were 11 years old. Man. I don't even know what the fuck was going on then. But what, have... I, what I do know is that the Rams lost to, to Tom Brady, came out and his legacy began right there. But as I've been saying, I think it's time for a passing of the torch. And uh, I think the new youth is going to take over this one, and Tom Brady will be on his way out. Well, he says he's not out. He's talking all this shit, you know. Uh, We're still here. We're still here. And uh, when someone asks him, a reporter, oh, so how many more, uh, what's the percentage chance that you're going to retire after this year? And he goes at this big fat zero, zero percent. (laughs) But I think that if he gets his ass beat today, Maybe he'll reconsider. Well, the the interesting thing is, is that when they met in the Super Bowl that so long ago, you know, the roles were reversed. You looked at a team in the Rams that were the considered the old guard. They right. they were there. They they made a Super Bowl before. You know, they beat they beat who they beat in the Super Bowl. Who um, the Rams? The Rams back before then. Yeah. Ninety nine. Mm hmm. Uh, Titans. The Titans. They beat the Titans on a last minute play. Yeah. At a goal line stand, you know, it was an inch away from going the other way. But you had guys like Warner, uh, Falk, Holt, you know, the Isaac Bruce, you know, these these old guard type of players. Like now ready to show on turf, baby. You ready to show on turf. Now you you look at it now, it's the young team is the Rams with Goff and Gurley and Donald and 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 Woods and and Cup, even though Cup's not playing, compared to the old guard now, which has been the class of the league, unfortunately. And the New England Patriots with uh, Tom Brady, you know. So I can really see it being a passing of the torch. I can really see us talking about maybe a new dynasty with the Rams. They have the future. They have the young coach. And it's very eerily similar in my view. Um, but let's talk about how now it is Super Bowl weekend uh, it's the closing of the. It's kind of the closing of another football season and the kind of the beginning of baseball season. But with the Super Bowl, now you know they're in Atlanta. 
uh, Brady is playing in a town where he absolutely took the rug out from their Atlanta Falcons two years ago in one of the biggest comebacks in Super Bowl history. So you're going to know that building is going to be heavy Los Angeles Rams. I think the the Falcon fans that are going to be at this game are going to be pulling for the Rams 100%. So I think the, the crowd is going to be on the Rams side. Um, I think the Patriot fans will tra- who Fuck. travel well um, will be uh, supporting Brady, but I think the crowd is going to be an issue for Brady because, you know, you're in an NFC building. Um, but one of the big keys to this game, in my opinion, is the defense. Um, if you look at the two, the three Super Bowls that Brady lost, the two against the Giants and the one against the Eagles, they were all able to do one thing and get in Brady's face. Pressure up the middle with that defensive line. If you look back in time, that first Giants team had Michael Strahan. You had these big-time DNs and defensive linemen that can pressure the quarterback. And even if you look at that second Super Bowl against the Giants, they had Justin Tuck, they had O.C. Uminyora, they had... Um, uh, was the guy... Uh, Antonio Pierce was on both teams. Antonio Pierce, but there was another guy... Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka. Yeah, Kiwanuka they had. And then mm-hmm. even last year, you know, if you look at that Eagles team, they had, you know... The, that that who's that defensive lineman that they have the one that was on the Seahawks was it is it Martellus Bennett no, not Bennett no. um what's his name he ha- he doesn't even wear freaking shoulder pads when he plays uh what's his name I can't think of his name right now it's escaping me yeah I don't know well when, it'll <laughs> pop into my head when it pops into my head it'll come but they had these offense defensive linemen that can that can pressure the quarterback and if you look at the two teams that the Patriots didn't be that the Patriots played, other than Bosa on the Chargers, there wasn't no big time defensive lineman that can get through any offensive line. And you know, with the awards coming out yesterday, Michael, Aaron Donald, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett. So tell you know who ben, the other Bennett was? It was a tight end. Tight end yeah. So Michael Bennett on the <clears throat> Eagles last year. You know, he's an animal. But um with with the Rams, you got Sue, you have Donald, you have these guys that no matter who's in front of them, they can get through. You know, Donald's the defensive player of the year. And I really think that if the Rams can get in Brady's face and make him uncomfortable in the pocket, then I think that the Rams have a very good chance of controlling time of possession and controlling the field, and which plays in their favor. Um, I think that if the Rams can do that, it's going to be a long day for Brady. Um, and... These teams, these teams that, you know, you really look at it, the teams that beat Brady were built around defense, right? Their defense kept them in the games, and then the offense took advantage of their of their opportunities. Just look at the two giant Super Bowls. They won on final drives. You know, they won that first Super Bowl, 17-14. There was like 30 seconds left on the clock um, when Brady got the ball. And when the Giants beat them again... He had like a minute and a half, even though the game ended on a failed Hail Mary that went through Gronk's hands. Um, you know, and even, well, how did the game end? It wasn't even like a, a thrilling ending last year either. The game was over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these teams controlled the clock. They kept Brady off the field. They gave him crappy field position. And the defense held that offense in check. And I don't really think the likes of, of 
James White and Sonny Mikel are going to really do damage on the ground against this Rams D. What do you think, Jens? Yeah, so I talked about it a little bit last week how the key, I felt, <clears throat> we noticed that the Chiefs didn't get to Brady at all. And he had all the time in the world to throw and, you know, do do what he does best. But also they controlled the pace with the running game. So naturally you can say that if the Rams win the defensive line or win the line game, they win the big game, right? So Aaron Donald is a uh, now two-time defensive player of the year. Um. You got Brockers on that line. You got Sue. I mean, that line is insane. But Aqib Tlaib also holds a little chip over Brady. I th- I saw something before. Something like Aqib Tlaib ha- makes Brady like uh, has his third lowest like QBR against Aqib Tlaib. And if you remember, he used to play for the Broncos, who they used to play each other all the time, Pats and Broncos, right? So he's a he's a key he's a key player in the game. But yeah, I agree with you. If if we can get pressure on Brady, it doesn't have to be a hit. I mean, I would love to see some sacks, but get some pressure on him. And that was good that you said about the, the Giants. That was the key. But the Giants also had a good running game. My boy Brandon Jacobs. And and Ahmad Bradshaw. Right, 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 right. In the second year, they didn't have Bradshaw the first year. Um, but yeah, Aaron Donald, he's a key player today. I think he's gonna. He, I think he's gonna make some noise and get to Brady, wreak some havoc. But should be interesting. Do you have a prediction? Like, are we doing that? Not yet. I will do that. But I just wanted to go over a quick a quick stat here that I find interesting. So, in two playoff games, Brady was has been sacked five times for a total for a total of of yards lost for 24 yards. That's it. Five times for 24 yards in two games. That's why and if you look at both games, and against the Chargers, they had the ball for 36 minutes. Against the Chiefs, they had the ball for 36 minutes. They controlled pace of play. Mm-hmm. And it's evident here. Yeah. So with the Rams, when the Rams played the Cowboys, I felt like I felt like Dak, Dak Prescott was on his back um, every other play. Um, so the Rams get to the quarterback. Um, they are, they are, let's see. Let's see here. Sacks yard loss. He only actually, you know what? Not for nothing. He only got they only had one sack on Dak for eight yards. But I feel like they were in his face the entire game. Even though that he couldn't get him get him to the ground, they really were able to pressure him and make him uncomfortable. And then even against the Saints, um, you know, the most recent memory game with all the controversy around that game, they were able to get to Breeze. Breeze didn't have a good game, right? He didn't have a breeze like game. You know, he got, they were, they got, they had, uh, actually, we're, we got our head, both of us have our head so far up our ass. What? Because there were no sacks at all in that game. That's what, that's what I'm saying. In the Rams Saints game. Oh, Rams 
Giants and Saints. There were no sacks at all. Hmm. Right? But, like I said, they <clears> got <throat> to Brady. They got to Brady, and they shut down the run game. And that's what the Rams are going to have to do against Brady. Right? And they got they can't give Brady 36 minutes of, of, of playtime. Right? You got to win the time of possession. You got to keep Brady off the field. And in order to do that, you got to play defense. You got to get off get on get off the field on third down. You know, like we said that last week the Chiefs couldn't get off the field in, on third down. And if the Rams can get off the field on third down the majority of the time and not let Brady extend drives and fl- and even it, more importantly, even if he doesn't score, flip the field on you. And give Goff, you know, and the offense, the Rams offense, starting a bad starting field position, deep in their own zone. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight game. You know, I think if you if you want to make a prediction, um, our big time position is is I made a prediction last week. I think it was thirty one twenty eight. I had the Rams flipping the script and kicking a game winning field goal, just like Venetari did to them. Ooh. So long ago. 31-28. 31-28. So if you're a betting man, last time I saw the line was two and a half. I don't think it's changed. So with two and a, a two and a half point underdog with the Rams, that means if you bet the Rams, you get the points and you would win. Uh the over the over under is fifty six. So if you're betting if you're also a betting man and you and you like the thirty one twenty one, the thirty one twenty eight score. It's going to hit over, too. It's 59 total points. So you get the over, and you get the Rams with the points. I know it's tough to bet against Brady in the Super Bowl. I know it's tough to get again, bet against Brady. And we've been picking against Brady the entire playoff season, and we've been wrong. But I think this is a different scenario. I think this is a different animal. Uh, so that's my prediction. I, I know you're betting with your heart here. Yeah. So I know the Rams are coming out on top. I just want to know what your point I'm totals really are. Bad. I'm really bad with scores. But... Oh, did they score? Let's go, baby. Sorry, I'm watching uh, soccer on the side. My team just scored, tied the game up. Uh, let's see, what do we got? Yeah, Rams win. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Hmm. Let's see. I'm trying to do math now in my head. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, 23-17, Rams. So you, if you were... If I'm a betting man, I'm going way under. Do you come from a land down under? I do. You do? So yeah, yeah 40 points. I, know. Yeah, I, can, 40 I, can, points. I can add it. I can add that. <laughs> Thanks. But um, that's it. That's my take. All right. So we're not going to beat a dead horse. I think every, you know, this is... Uh, a, a period where, you know, the Super Bowl is a, a holiday, and as school teachers, we both believe that we should have off tomorrow. But you know, we, our, got, off, we got off Tuesday. We have off Tuesday, which is big for me. You know, except I have a fucking basketball game. Still go coach. Yeah, I mean, it is Chinese New Year. I think it's the year of the pig. It is this year. Um, but my birthday is Tuesday, mm-hmm. so I get to have a nice little day off for my birthday. Um, but. Uh, I think that, um, you know, a school teacher, and you know what? The school always finds a way to screw you. I know you have a 615 basketball practice the day after the Super Bowl, and I have a big time formal observation 
that I have to plan for uh, tomorrow as well. So, you know, they always get you. That That's adulthood. That's just being an adult. At least you don't have to wake up at 4 a.m. to catch the 502 train the day after the fucking Super Bowl to coach. A t- first of all, this is my first practice in a month. One month. Our first practice. And it's the fucking morning after the Super Bowl? 6.15? Are you kidding me? You could not give us practice any other time between... We, pl- we played fucking eight games. You couldn't sprinkle in a fucking practice? Oh, no, no. I forgot. They did. They held practice on a day that school was closed. I had two players show up. What the fuck am I going to do with two players for basketball practice? For an hour and a half. Shoot around, take some free throws, dribble around the coat. What the f- Like, we're losing. We have a losing record. We need more than one practice. And you're going to hold it. Tomorrow, I'm going to be fucking miserable. Miserable. But we got to fucking do it. Anyway. Miserable with, especially if the Rams lose. Oh. Especially if the Rams lose. You know, not for nothing, I think if you, if it wasn't the Rams, and let's say the Saints got through and it was Saints-Patriots, you wouldn't be as upset. Oh. But since your team is in it, huh. it even it's just taking a knife and just twisting it. Mm-hmm. It's not even just like, oh well, you know, I got practice. But you're right, you got to freaking practice. You know, we practice five days a week for baseball. You know, you you can't. Yeah, but you're, what level are you? Varsity. Okay, you're varsity. I'm. Not only am I modified the seventh and eighth grade level, but I'm also the B team. We're 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 the bottom of the barrel here, okay? So we need a lot of practice, yes, but come on, the day after the Super Bowl, you fucking kidding me? That's just how your life works, right? It's you know. It's I know you had a tough week to begin with, you know, your pipe burst. You know, you burst. had you had the Nile River in your basement. I had Niagara Falls coming out from my fucking ceiling. <laughs> so. As I'm as I'm cleaning that shit up, my fucking debit card info gets stolen. So I had to close that shit down. Uh well, you know, Ugh. Rams, Rams, if they win, everything will be fine. I won't give a fuck. I might not even go to sleep tonight. Maybe that's what I'll do. Because, you know, like, if you get, like, three hours of sleep, you feel like fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just fucking stay up and play FIFA all night or some shit. I'll well, just, I'll just stick it out for a whole day. Because we have no school on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, well, no, maybe, 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 maybe I'll stay up with you. We can talk on the phone, play video games together. Yeah. But we'll see. But in other NFL news really quickly, uh, I want to talk about my Giants for a second. Uh, Saquon Barkley winning the fan and media rookie of the year, beating out Baker Mayfield. My guy, uh, Penn State alum. Penn State alum. I uh, he helped me win my fantasy league along with the MVP, Pat Mahomes. But uh, a little fun fact about Barkley: his pops had a birthday party at the place where my dad worked, the restaurant where my dad works. My dad got I showed you. My dad got a selfie, and uh, this fucking guy. Pointing to Puma right now, folks. He didn't even know who he was. Who is that? He goes, who is that? I go, what do you mean? That's my dad and Saquon Barkley. Oh, I didn't recognize him. Come on! He, you know what? He, Don't let me pull a little record and start calling you fraud. No, it's not that I'm a fraud. You're it's not, just that I'm, fraud, I'm so used to seeing him in uniform. With a you know, helmet. If you yeah. put a helmet on you, oh, that's yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. <gasps> but, you know, as Chen's, as Chen's um, is very uh, sidetracked right now, um, you know, Barkley was everything you could ask for in a second round pick, if not more. Um, he was better than advertised. He, he, 
he broke Giants rookie second records. Second round pick? pick. Second overall pick. I you said. said second round. Well, second overall pick. Same shit, different toilet. Okay? Way different. Way different, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, I'm like, wait a minute, what? But he was better than advertised, you know? And, I don't think and he was better than advertised. I think so. I, I think, think he so. Was, I think he was, he lived up to as advertised. Now, as a Giants fan, if they could go get that kid from Ohio State, that quarterback from Ohio State who's already dreaming of being a giant um, and put him under a year of, um, of Manning, even though everybody's saying Manning wants to come back, Manning wants to come back, you know, I think it needs to be a changing of the guard. And I really, really think that that's the next step in this draft. I really think that um, – if you sit here and tell me that they're not going to draft a quarterback and Dwayne Hoskins, then, you know, something's wrong. You can't sit on a 38, 37-year-old quarterback and not tell me that um, Eli's got some, something left in the tank. You need a mobile quarterback. And oh. I think Dwayne Hoskins, along with Barkley and Beckham, the Giants will jump right to NFC stardom. So, so I agree and I disagree. I agree because I think the Giants need to get a quarterback for sure. No doubt. All right, but I don't understand what the big rush is all the time. I understand the Giants have zero like prospects of a new quarterback right now. And is it is it only Eli though? I don't want to get into this whole topic because we have a lot to talk about. But all I'm saying is, if you have the opportunity to draft a really good quarterback, absolutely do it. But don't be so quick to play him right away because there is value into having him sit and watch for a year especially if you think he's a real deal I mean we've seen it proven so many times already throughout the NFL um, Barkley's young he's not going anywhere he's shown that he can handle the work workhorse load and give you a whole year now Beckham he's the enigma right hopefully he's he's down for the ride unlike Porzingis, but um, that's a whole. We'll I'll get it. I'll get into that in a little bit. Well, right before we before we transition into the Porzingis trade and and what we both think about that, we've been talking at length all week about that trade. Um, if you look at the 2019 NFL Draft, the the teams picking in front of the Giants, unless they trade up, the Cardinals have their quarterback, the Niners have Garoppolo, the Jets have uh, Darnold. Darnold, the Raiders have Carr, but they might dump Carr. I can see them and trading a quarterback because Gruden kind of wants to make his own roster, so he's been doing a lot of dealing and wheeling. And the Bucks have Winston, and you know you don't know what they're gonna do. They have a new coach. They're gonna have a new coach down in Buck in Tampa yeah, Bay. So yeah, I just don't know who it is, and I don't give a fuck, honestly. So the Giants are probably the first team in the draft really looking for a quarterback. The next, and then they're gonna have their pick. You know, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are behind them. So they're going to have a pick of what quarterback they want. So we'll see what they do. But now, one of the things that the Giants need to do, and, and you know, I don't don't like, you know, I'm going to quote somebody here. Uh, don't give me all these made-up stats that Eli this, Eli that, offensive line this, offensive line that. Well, I, can, I watch football with my eyeballs. I don't need stats. And my eyeballs tell me that there's no offensive line protecting yeah, him. Exactly. And Eli can still play, yeah. but he's up there in age, yeah. and he's not Tom Brady. Right. 
Yeah, and Tom Brady has a great line. He's given the time. He's given time. He's given more time than Eli he's, is. He's probably the least mobile quarterback of all time, Brady. And and yet he's gotten it done for fucking forever. Yes. So, you know, it don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining when you tell me that it's all about Manning. It's not. There's a lot of other factors. I agree. There's a lot of other factors. And they they need other help. Maybe they could build the offensive line through free agency. Or they can also draft another offensive line later in the uh, offensive lineman later in the draft. But I think quarterback is on the top priority list. Yeah, so let's get to the hot topic uh, now. The biggest news outside of the Super Bowl was going on in the NBA. Here we go. Uh, Anthony Davis looking for out of New Orleans and looking to get traded, and there is already an offer from the Lakers on the table for them. And I know the Pelicans are looking for two first round picks on top of of ready players. But the biggest, most emotional deal that happened here is Porzingis. So I'm going to let my buddy over here rant for however long he needs because he's been, he has every Knicks draft pick from the next last 15 years. Not everyone. Almost every top draft pick, every first, second round pick. Yeah, basically the most important one. He is going to tell you why being a Knicks fan just, is just the most is the most painful thing in the world. So here here he is. Let's let's hear this rant. All right. Well, first off, let's talk about what happened. Porzingis got traded for to the Mavs for Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr. and two future first-round picks. The Knicks gave away Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. How do I feel about the trade? I, 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 I love the trade. I love it for a lot of reasons. I love it because we got two first-round picks. If we didn't get two, I wouldn't love it as much. I love it because we got Dennis Smith Jr. out of it. But here's where I start feeling all happy and, yay, this is a great thing. Fucking Porzingis just ended up number one on my fucking shit list, all right? For years, and this is, good, this is a hot take right here. For some reason, I don't know why, I can't explain it, but Dwayne Wade has always been my, hate, my most hated player in the NBA. He never did anything wrong. He didn't do anything to me as a fan. But I just didn't like him. I didn't like his face. I just didn't like him. But great player. Respect the hell out of him. And I just didn't like... I don't know. I didn't like him. Yeah, I guess it was like when those three or four, I guess you can say, came into the league, right? LeBron, Wade, Melo, and maybe Bosh, right? It was like choosing a Pokemon when you played Pokemon. Like you had the three balls to choose from. You got Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle, right? But whichever one you chose, your fucking asshole rival always chose the one that could beat you, right? The stronger one. Like if you picked Squirtle, you're going to get your ass beat in the first battle by Bulbasaur because he's a fucking grass type, right? And um, Charmander was a fire Pokemon. Right. So fire beats water all the time. But I said Bulbasaur. I know you said Bulbasaur. But Charmander kicks Squirtle's ass too? No, because 
the water extinguishes the fire. Whoever makes first move. Well, the, all right. Anyway, the point is, uh, there was just always a thing like it was deep embedded in me. Like, all right, I I, I liked I liked Mello. Mello was my guy coming out of there, and I had the shoes. I had the jersey. I liked LeBron. If you don't like LeBron, you're fucking. You're just you don't like him because you're just a fucking asshole. You you want to be an asshole, okay? I don't care if like oh oh he's a dick. He's a fucking uh, big ego and. The decision was so inappropriate. Who, dude? He's gonna go down as one of the, if not the best player of all time when it's all said and done. Better than Jordan? Dude, he's fucking amazing. He's not better than Jordan. We're not gonna get into that now. <laughs> and, and there's really, there's really, the grounds that you use to 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 ar- make that argument. I don't know how much more you can really, you can really, it's like combing it through it with a fucking comb, right? But back to, back to KP. Now KP is my most hated, so Dwayne Wade, you're off the fucking hook. KP, you're public enemy number one in Jenda's book. I fucking hate you. And any other fucking Knicks fan, fucking frauds. I'm saying it right now. Fucking frauds when they say, oh, we'll miss you, KP. You miss him. What are you going to miss him for? Sitting on a bench? Not not being able to fucking play a whole season? You're going to miss that? You're going to miss him with his fucking lousy warm-ups? Throwing the ball off the backboard, catching it one hand and dunking? Whoa! 7-3! I can dunk a basketball! That's like me dunking on a fucking 7-foot rim. You're going to miss that? What the fuck are you going to miss? I'm not going to miss it, I'll tell you that much. Okay? So, he's got the balls to say, I don't like this. the direction the team's going... I don't want to be a part of it. Fine. Go fucking kick rocks. You can't, you can't not stay healthy. It's fucking proven. And we're not going to give you that fucking chance to. So you want out? No problem, bro. We'll fucking get you out of here. But where I continue to get pissed is that they got Dennis Smith Jr. And I love the player. He's a great player. He's very good. But you could have drafted him instead of Nilakina. So now here we go. You hear that? It's notes. Took a lot of notes. Knicks draft picks, records, and what was going on that season. We're going to go back to 2005 and the picks they got and who they could have gotten. Here we go, man. It's exciting stuff. Before you get into that, okay? And I love it. I love the passion. I love the emotion. You know, that's what we need here. But... One of the things you failed to mention about this deal is the two max contracts. I was getting to it. But I was getting to it. But just just to go back to one thing you said about LeBron. Yeah. For that conversation to actually hold weight, you have to look at how what the NBA was back then. Okay. This is an NBA where everything, every foul gets called. They really can't play defense. It's a scoring league. LeBron is the best player of this generation. But if you can't compare him to Jordan, because Jordan would get hacked and whacked in the in that NBA. With the defensive calls, the defense was played a lot harder. There was a lot more defensive battles in that NBA. So if you break it down in time periods, the LeBron was is best of his era. Jordan's the best of his era. Case closed. We're never having the argument again. But let me know how bad the Knicks suck right now. Hold on. If you mean to tell me that if you took LeBron James the way he is right now, 6'8", 280, can fucking run and jump like a goddamn gazelle, 
that he would not succeed in that he wouldn't do, I think he'd do the same shit back then. Because, yes, different game, fine. But everyone in the NBA now, not everyone, but like skill sets of being able to dribble and being able to shoot from long range, that's widespread in the NBA. It's not just guards. Centers do that too. Back then, who was doing that shit? Only the guards, okay? Listen, Michael Jordan, I don't think when people talk about Jordan, they talk about like his offensive prowess and how great he was and how transcendent he was he athletically. Was a great too. He was a great defender. LeBron is no slouch on defense either. No. All right? LeBron is a fucking freak because of just physically. And one on one, one on one, you mean to tell me LeBron can't beat Jordan? He's literally just bigger and stronger. And at six eight, but Jordan was six six. Okay, yeah, but it's the pounds, bro. LeBron's fucking heavy, and he's. I mean, listen, Jordan's ripped and muscular as fuck, but LeBron is thick. He's thick. No homo, bro. It's not. It's not a homo. You're fucking homo for feeling. You gotta say no homo. All right, listen. We're not getting into this. Let me let me talk about the Knicks. All right, because now now I'm off track. Here we go. 2005. The Knicks had two first round picks. The 8th overall and the 30th pick. With the 8th pick, the Knicks got Channing Fry, And the Knicks got David Lee with the 30th pick. They were 23-59 and 59 in that year. Finished 5th in the division. So David Lee, I think most Knicks fans would say, like, David Lee was a good player for the Knicks. Not mad about that. I, I don't think any Knicks fans would be fucking jumping around when, when they remember Channing Fry. He was better after. He was Channing Fry sucks. He was better. He had his better years after. He yeah, when he was just literally a shooter for LeBron. Yeah. Okay. So they could have gotten Andrew Bynum, who had a lot of good years in the Lakers, young, promising player. Never really turned out to be anything that he was that he was, you know, touted up to be. And Danny Granger, again, same thing. Great promise, good young player, solid player for the Pacers for many many years. Devastating injury just took his career short. Okay, not not too bad. The next year, the Knicks had again two first round picks. Late though, twentieth overall and then 29th overall. So kind of close. You can kind of think, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna uh, platoon these picks. We're gonna say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get one of our needs right away, and then we're gonna get, we can get another guy that we need right after that. Perfect, no problem, right? So, naturally, you draft Ronaldo Balkman, 20th overall, and Marty Collins, on 29th overall pick. Those two guys didn't do cock, all right? They never became anything. At least Channing Fry and David Lee became something. These guys didn't become anything. Knicks went 33-49, and 49. okay, a little bit better, fourth in the division. But they could have gotten Rondo that year and Kyle Lowry, both players still playing today, Rondo won championships, and Kyle Lowry, although hasn't won anything, has been a very, very good point guard. He's actually gotten better in the last few years. I mean, point guard is a position that that is so critical to a team. And and this time, the, the Knicks had Marbury, so I guess they didn't feel like they needed it. But like, yeah, right? Looking back, it's easy to say this. I understand. 2007, 23rd overall pick, they got Wilson Chandler. Again, most Knicks fans would say, good Nick. But he was another guy who was injured all the time. 
And the Knicks record went back down to 23 and 59, fifth in the division. Wasn't he in the Carmelo Anthony trade? He he ended up being part of the deal. Yep. So, well, you know, nobody really significant in that draft. Not a good one. 28 uh 2008, 6th overall pick, you get Gallinari. Uh, you know, I guess a fan favorite, I don't know. He was someone that Good player, still plays today, but he never elevated his game really. He never became anything more whatever. They could have gotten Brooke Lopez, who I don't think is really a step up from Gallinari. So they went 32-50 and 50 that year, fifth in division. So, okay, we've gone through four seasons now with the Knicks and no change. They're finishing fifth every fucking year except for one they finished fourth. Big deal. 2009... Eighth overall pick. Okay, so you get a top ten pick. The eighth overall pick they used to pick Jordan Hill. Puma, you know who Jordan Hill is? No clue. No clue. I don't blame you, because you know why? He's fucking garbage. That's why. He's fucking trash. He was trash when they drafted him. You know who the Knicks could have gotten? Well, that's the Curry draft. Curry went right before them, so... I don't blame them. But maybe you try to trade up. You, you settle with Jordan Hill. You know who went right after the Knicks? DeMar DeRozan, who's an all-star, still playing today. You know who else went after the Jordan Hill? Drew Holiday, who's having a career year right now. Good point guard. And Jeff Teague also went after, who is just a very solid point guard, still plays today. Jordan Hill, don't even know what the fuck he's up to now. Knicks went 29-53 and 53 that year. 2010. No first-round picks. This is the Mello year. Mello comes to the Knicks. Stoudemire's here. Chauncey Billups. They have two second-round picks. Landry Fields and Andy Routens. They became boys. I actually saw both of them while bartending at Haiku once. They walked in with a couple girls. Pretty cool. They finished 42 and 40, second in the division. They were swept by Boston in the first round of the playoffs. But here we go. 2010 playoffs. Finally. One, two, three, four, five, six fucking years in. Playoffs. Finally. Okay, maybe we're on to something, right? 2011. Round one, 17th overall pick. Goes to Iman Shumpert. This was the um, the lockout year. Knicks went 36 and 30. Second in the division. Lynn Sanity's taking over the Knicks. You got the transition of head coaches. Uh, D'Antoni is out. Mike Woodson in. Woodson loses only six games. Knicks go um, to the playoffs again. They lose to Miami, though, in the first round. They get one game out of it, at least. They didn't get swept. However, the Knicks could have drafted Jimmy Butler in that draft, but he went very late. I don't think anyone really saw him becoming as what he is today. But still... To think about, you could have had Jimmy Butler oh, instead of fucking Iman Shumpert. who's not even on the team anymore. Next year, this is my favorite. This is my favorite Knicks draft pick of all time. 2012, second round pick. No first rounds. The 48th overall pick went to Kostas Papanikolaou. Who never fucking came over from Greece to play. Nice pick, assholes. Great job. But the Knicks went 54 and 28, 
finished first in the division. Uh, Jason Kidd, Camby, and Rasheed Wallace all on the team. They beat Boston in the first round of the playoffs. They lost uh, in six games to the Pacers in the, in the next round. But that's when you're starting to think, okay, the Knicks won the division. Here we go. Knicks basketball is back. Oh, but no. Because the next year, in 2013, when they had the 24th overall pick, they drafted Tim Hardaway Jr. Good pick. No no really could-haves after that. Uh, this is Phil Jackson year. He comes in. Bargnani. Woo-hoo. Here we go. Bargnani. And the Knicks go 37-45. Finished third in the division. No playoffs. Great job. You go from finishing first in your division and going to the Eastern Conference Finals to not even making the playoffs. Great job. 2014, no first-round picks. Second-round pick, 34th overall, goes to Clee Anthony Early. Amazing player. He's great. Really great player now. Not. You want to know what the Knicks record was? 17-65. and 65. That's with head coach Derek Fisher. The Knicks were putting players like Alexi Shved, Quincy Acey, Cole Aldrich, Lou Amundsen, Langston Galloway, the G League hero, and Shane Larkin. They were trotting those fucking guys out. Great job. Two years ago, you were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Weren't they the semifinals? Eastern Conference... No, the Eastern Conference Finals. I thought they were, it was the quarters, the semis, and then the finals. And then the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, the semifinals. You're right. Before... Now, let me ask you this. Oh, we're just getting to it. Let me ask you this, though. Was this when they were they had Jimmer Fournette? Oh, I, I was getting to it. Because... No, it was Fredette. And that's... Well, wait, that's wasn't Jimmer Fournette... That's, that's the next one. Fredette, Fredette, wasn't Fredette in the G League in, in yeah, Westchester over here lighting yeah. it up and they wouldn't call him up for some fucking reason? Dude, it's the fucking G League. You're lighting it up in the G League. I don't give a fuck. Well, it's not like they had anything else. Well, all right, so looks here we go. 2015, first, fourth overall pick, you get Porzingis. And this is when Jimmer came, got the call up, all right? Who, he he didn't do anything. So, great job. Knicks went 32-50, and 50, 13th in the Eastern Conference. Fisher's out, Kurt Rambis in as coach. But here we go. Now we're back to rebuilding. 2016, we have no picks. I mean, for, for a team that's trying to rebuild, you get no picks. That's that's because of the Bargnani trade. Oh. Yeah. The Knicks go 31-51. Jeff Hornacek is still coach. 12th in the East. You had guys like Willie Hernan Gomez, who I I really believed he could have been a nice player for the Knicks if they kept him, but for some reason it just didn't. I mean, Phil Jackson really, I don't know what the fuck he did. He really fucked this whole team up. Brandon Jennings was there. He played okay with them. Courtney Lee came in, and Joe Kim Noah, Derek Rose. These were the free agents they signed. They're like, okay, you know, the Knicks. This is their this is their version of the big three. You know, this is like the start of it's the bait to draw the big names in, right? The bait, the bait. I guess the bait. We're still waiting, right? 2017. You get the eighth overall pick again. Here we go. Top ten pick is used on Frank Nilakina. All right, great job. Next one, 29-53, 11th in the East. They could have drafted Dennis Smith Jr., a guy named Donovan Mitchell who has been lighting it up, and a guy like Kyle Kuzma. All three names are not only like names of solid players that 
anybody in the NBA would like to have in their team, but they're young as fuck and they're good now. Instead, you're working on a fucking project. Frank Nilakini, you're still hoping. Oh, he's got so much promise. He's so so much potential. He's young. He's long. He's athletic. He sucks. 2018, ninth overall pick, Kevin Knox. I like the pick. Knicks are have the worst record in the league right now. So, yeah, as Puma mentioned, they made the trade to clear space for two max contracts. Now, who can those picks, uh, sorry, who can that space be used for? Well, you have names like Kemba Walker is a free agent. Clay Thompson's a free agent. KD. Jimmy Butler. The Knicks need to, in order for this Porzingis trade to f- officially be a good trade, the Knicks need three things to happen. One, they need to sign one max player. At least. No. They need to sign one. The second thing that ha- need to happen is they need to sign another max player. And the third thing is they have to get first overall pick. The Knicks cannot. I swear to God, this would be such a fucking Knicks thing. The Knicks cannot use this cap space. I believe it's $71 million on Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, those guys. They're good players. They're not the players that you do this for. That you trade a what was known as a franchise cornerstone. Which, by the way, Porzingis didn't prove jack shit. Okay, he was a good player. He was really good when he was healthy, but he was never healthy. And not for nothing, when he was playing, were the Knicks winning? No. So, kiss my ass. I'll I'll be happy. Oh, and and, and of course Kyrie. So the Knicks. I would be happy with Kyrie, obviously. I'd be happy with Kemba. The reason why I like Kemba is because he's a Bronx guy. Playing for the Knicks, if you're a Bronx kid, that's fucking awesome. I feel like that would that would get him that would get him going. And we remember when UConn played Pitt in the uh, Big East uh, finals or the tournament, and he fucking crossed up that center from Pitt and hit that game-winning shot. Amazing. He plays good in the Garden. Kemba, Kyrie, I'll take. I'll take Klay Thompson. Of course I'd take Klay Thompson. I want KD. I'd rather have KD than Jimmy Butler, but I'd be okay with Jimmy Butler and like Kemba. I'd be okay with Kyrie and Butler. I'd be okay with Kemba, KD, or Klay and Butler. I don't want... It has to be two max guys and Zion Williamson. The Knicks right now, the season ended today, have a 14% chance of the first overall pick. They're guaranteed a top five pick. Only the Suns and Cavs are tied with the Knicks percentage-wise for the first overall pick at 14%. So the Knicks have a very good chance to get Zion Williamson. Now, going from my my beautiful notes here, the Knicks do not draft good at all. If they make a fucking... If they don't get the first overall pick, if they don't even get the second overall pick, so they lose it on Zion, they lose it on fucking R.J. Barrett, they, I swear to God... They have to still draft a guy coming out of a college in the United States. Not a fucking... Not, please, do not draft an international guy. Vladimir 
Yevasenko, who plays in the fucking Lithuania Pro League. I made that name up. I'm just saying, I don't want I don't want another one of these guys who's a project. We need to draft better. And the Knicks have to sign these two max guys for this deal to be done. And be be good. That's my thing. So fuck KP. And I like the trade, but I I will officially like it if all three things happen. It's very hard to top that in-depth analysis. <clears throat> uh, Chen's has worked himself up so much he's parched. Uh, and he's walked away from the table and he's leaving the building. So he's kind of just figuratively dropped the mic and is done for the day, I'm assuming. So it's just me now by myself. Uh, but just to kind of give my opinion on the trade, um, I believe that with, I agree with everything that Chen's is saying. Now I'm what you call an in closet Nick fan. I don't go around parading the fact that I like the Knicks. Um, but I am involved and I do pay attention to what the Knicks do. And, you know, KP to me wasn't, even if you just go back to the video of that kid when Perzingis was traded, uh, or drafted, I'm sorry. And he was the sheer set of upset emotion that he showed. Just post you right there, they should have drafted him from the outset. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think I think the Knicks fans were wrong for booing him. This thing's about to fall. But you know, I don't think it was right that he got booed when he got drafted. Because like I said, he's a I have nothing I don't like I don't hate KP for his game. He's a really good player. But I just, I don't like him for the fucking balls he thinks he has. Mm -hmm. For coming out and saying what he said. And thinking that he, you're doing this on a rookie contract, man. You're fucking complaining from the bench. You haven't played this year. And you gotta say, you have the balls to say, I don't like where the direction is going. We are, right now, we are about to get an amazing player from college. And you fuck, and you don't like where it's going? You haven't played! Who the fuck do you think you are? I am. Nice name drop. But seriously, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Fuck him. I guess he had a little bit more left in the tank. A little bit of water and he's right back. Um, I, had to, I had to lube the tubes up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lube the tubes. I wish we had... I, I'm going to make that into a sound bite, just so you know. Um, the other trade that's... The other superstar that's in trade talks right now is with is Anthony Davis looking at his contract he has two years left on his contract so he, it's not a potential free agent deal so his asking price is going to be through the roof everybody talked about a Porzingis package centered around Davis to get Davis to New York and everybody talked about KD Davis and Kyrie the Knicks don't even have enough guys to offer the Pelicans for, for Davis you know they give they give KP Okay, so the, the Pelicans say, okay, you want to give me a young but often injured big man who who's basically a watered-down version of the big man that we have already. and It would never work. And a, a far su a inferior defender. Okay, fine, but who else are you going to give us? Oh, oh, uh, we, can, we can give you uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Who? Who gives a fuck about Moutier? Another guy. By the way, the Knicks, the Knicks traded and, and, and signed... All these guys that they could have fucking drafted the first time. Moutier they could have drafted. They could have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. They've traded Tim Hardaway Jr. twice. 
What are you doing? I I'm a I'm a better fucking GM on the goddamn video games than these guys these guys are in real life. Come on! If I can run a fucking team of uh, I have all the numbers in front of me on the fucking video game, you gotta know something more than me. You're you're, you're living it. That's your fucking job to find that shit out. That's I'm like fuck this man, fuck this. So. I think that we've really beat a dead horse here now with this. Um, you know, the sum- summer 2019 for the Knicks is probably one of the biggest summers they've had in decades. If they don't do the three things that I said that they have to do, failure, and it's it's just continuing to live in the dark ages for them. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So, with that being said, another trade deadline is coming up fastly approaching. Oh, wait. Sorry. But, but the, the Lakers, right? The... The Lakers offered the Pelicans Kuzma, Ball, Beasley, Michael Beasley. And I think I think Kentavious Caldwell Pope and a couple of picks and and a first round pick. And the Pelicans laughed and said no. They want Kuzma, Ball, Ingram, and two first rounders. And I think that's very fair because Anthony Davis is in the prime of his career. He's arguably the best player in the league. People often debate that. He's it's it people forget about him because he's play, he plays in New Orleans. No one fucking pays attention to them. But he is one of the best players in the league and he's worth every single penny. And if I were the Lakers, I'd do whatever has I have to do to get him with LeBron. So let's, well, get, let's get the hot. Let's get to hockey, finally, please. I've been sitting here with my dick in my hands for the past 25 minutes because, you know, basketball is not my bag, baby. But, you know, hockey is. And, you know, I I know that the trade deadline's coming up. You know, the Rangers are going to be big-time sellers, I believe. I think that, you know, you're going to see some guys be moved, some guys you might not want to see moved but are going to get moved. Um, I'm looking here on TSN. Right now, and they have a list of the most coveted players at the trade deadline. Antimi Panarin is number one from the Blue Jackets. He already told Columbus that he's not going to sign an extension. Um, so he's major trade bait. He's going to be a rental. Uh, he's a UFA at the end of the year. He's been linked to the Rangers. But why would they? At, well, as a free agent. They're not going to trade oh, for him. Okay. So in the summer. So after this year. After this year. So you're not going to see that. Matt Duchesne of Ottawa. Another free agent. Uh, Wayne Simmons, another free agent. Um, Mike Matt Sugarello is five on this list. Michael Furlan's in front of him, another free agent. The top five guys on this list are free agents at the end of the year, so they're rentals. Um, the only guy that I see that in the top 13 that's not a free agent is Doug, a defenseman, uh, Dougie Hamilton for Carolina. But what I'm thinking here is that you're going to see some names get moved. I think Panarin's going to get moved. I think Zuccarello's going to get moved for sure. I think Brian Boyle of the Devils is going to get moved. You know, the Devils aren't competing right now. And a team that's going to be in the thick of it and in the playoffs is going to look for, for a Brian Boyle to center a fourth-round line in the playoffs because he's been there and done that. Um, you got a couple of goaltenders that are available. Jimmy Howard of the Detroit. Uh, Cam Talbot. Mm-hmm. Of oil of uh, ex Ranger Edmonton Oil Oiler on the trade block as well. Sergey Bobrovsky 
also the Russian goaltender for Columbus is on the on the block apparently. Um, you know, another Ranger that you see and you're going to hear a lot about is Kevin Hayes. Um, and what pains me is that watching these hockey games and watching the Ranger game, like the game a couple of days ago in New Jersey, that line, that's the Banajad line with Zuccarello is one of the, it's, they're so fun to watch. They're so skilled and they're, the chemistry level is so high that it's going to, you know, is, is Zibanejad playing at the level that he can play with with anybody? Or Zuccarello that good that, that, good that he's... he's that, exactly. You know, <clears throat> Zuccarello is not a big-time goal scorer. He's got... He's assists. You know, he has... He's John Stockton on ice. Well, he, in 36 games, he has 27 points. He only has eight goals. So, you know, you really... And he scored last night against Tampa Bay. I think he's got nine goals now. But he's an assist machine. So... If you're going to get rid of a Zuccarello, you have to replace a Zuccarello with a guy that can distribute the puck on a Zibanejad line. Um, so I think that you could do one of two things. You know, Zuccarello is 31 years old. You know, is that old for hockey? Not really. You see a lot of guys playing into their late 30s, early 40s, and, you know, really special players playing later in their into their career and being a productive player. Um, you know, but... Here's the thing. If you're not going to sign him, you don't want to just lose him for nothing. Um, so you have to trade him. You know, that's and that's what a lot of position like Panarin is one of the best goal scorers. He's got 57 points. He's got 20 goals in 48 games. You have to you can't not trade a guy like that that's not going to resign with your team because now you are losing him for nothing. Okay? So you hear that a lot when you t- they talk trades. You know, you want to lose them for nothing, or do you want to get something out of it and trade them if you're not going to resign them or they're not going to want to resign with you? So things will start to unfold. There are a lot of rumors right now. Um, when is the deadline? The end of February. Um, so well, they had there was a trade that went down. Um, Derek Broussard was traded to the Florida Panthers. For Nick Bustad and Jared McCann going to Florida as well were three draft picks, a second-round pick in this year's draft, Pittsburgh's fourth-round pick, and Pittsburgh also sent Minnesota's fourth-round pick for Nick Bustad and Jared McCann. So it got me thinking. Broussard, Ranger, was on those three teams that went to the Cup Final, that went to the Eastern Conference Final. And if you look at his production... He was he got traded. The Rangers traded him for Zabanajad. And everybody, you know, fan favorite Broussard was, had passion. I loved Broussard when he was a Ranger. Mm-hmm. But you chipped off his contract for a younger, better centerman in that trade. And now he got traded and then from Ottawa, he got traded to Pittsburgh. He spent a year and a half there. Now he gets traded again. Why? Why do a, pl- a player with that much skill? Because he's not producing. And I looked near and far all over the internet to see if there was any locker room issues with him or any character issues. I couldn't find anything. If you sign a five-year, $25 million contract that he signed with the Rangers, you got to produce, and he's not putting up that contract. So Pittsburgh moved him to Florida for Nick Bustad. And you know what? Bustad is big, talented, and I think uh, the Penguins are going to not miss Broussard. I really don't see 
them missing Broussard. Uh, Jake Muzzin was traded to the, to, to the Maple Leafs from L.A. for two players and a first-round pick. Um, that's really... Nino Niederreiter was traded a couple of weeks ago to Carolina from Minnesota for Victor Rask. Uh, Delzado, your boy. Hmm. I think the only person in this in New York that has his jersey, that wasted money on his jersey in a Ranger jersey, was traded from Vancouver to Anaheim for Luke Shen in a, a 2020 seven, uh, seventh round pick. So pretty much a bag of garbage. And those are really, you know, there are a bunch of other trades being made, but more they're more minor leaguers and future consideration trades. So the big trades haven't really happened yet. And, you know, you're going to see some of these big names get moved in the next couple of weeks because these teams need to make moves. And these teams really need to be... Um, oh, this trade got went under the wraps. So uh, November 14th, 2018, Haglin was traded. Again, now, Haglin was traded from Pittsburgh to the Kings. This happened in November. I didn't even know that. So, Haglin right now is... I don't even... You know, he got traded for Tanner Pearson. So, you know, and not for nothing, he's 30 years old. You know what? You know what I can see? And this is just an outside-the-box way of thinking. Do you think that the Rangers might go back to Haglin and maybe sign him as a free agent if he's a free agent this year? What's his contract? Let's see. Why would they? Well, they traded him because they couldn't re-sign him. They traded him for a bag of pucks pretty much. And, and uh, uh, What was the guy's name? Edom? And he's not even in the fucking league anymore. Great job. Talk about bad trades. Uh, Carl Haglin right now. Is he signed a four-year, sixteen million dollar deal with the Penguins in 2016? So they unloaded him, and he's going to be a free agent this summer. You know why not? You know the t- the team, the Rangers haven't looked the same since they got rid of Haglin. They don't, you know. Yeah. They and they tried to replace Haglin with Grabner, and I loved Grabner. Oh. I love Mike. I love Michael Grabner, and he's lighting it up in Arizona right now. But you know, thirty years old, you could probably get him for cheaper than than four year four million a year. Mm-hmm. If you can get him for maybe a two year, I don't know, six million dollar deal, might be something the Rangers want to look into. Um, it can teach. He could teach the young players how to on the penalty kill, you know. And he's just got speed, and speed is the game right now. Um, so. That's just what's going on in the NHL right now. You know, really not much movement. Yeah. You know, they're in, in the second half of the, the season. We'll get more into playoff pictures as it goes. So, now, before we go into our push and pull. Wait, wait, wait. Baseball. I, I know. Before we go into our push and pull, I want to talk about, I want to talk about baseball. And I'm putting on the hat backwards now. By the way, what, what, what kind of hat do you have on today? Puma wears, Puma's a hat guy. And has a lot of hats. He will be wearing different hats each time we record. Today he's got a brand spanking new Atlanta Braves hat. Clean. Very nice. Uh, wearing it. I don't know if he knew this, but did you wear it because the Super Bowl is today in Atlanta? Or is it just by chance? That's just by chance. Oh, that's nice. 
He got, I, he got I, it for his birthday. And uh, I am wearing a real OG. You know, these people say, oh, Chen, you're a Rams fan? You fucking bandwagon? No. If you really know me, I've been a Rams fan since third grade. And I've had Falk jersey. Now I'm wearing my boy, Steven Jackson, throwback. Okay, it looks a little beat up. The number's a little fucked up. But you know what? I'm wearing it now. Later, I will be wearing my Eric Dickerson because the colors are true. And I've been wearing it for every game. And it's done well since. So, we, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm wearing this brave hat. My girlfriend got me this hat. Um, and she's bought me hats in the past and she's really hit the hammer, the nail on the head with the hats. Uh, last week I was wearing a St. Louis Cardinal hat, but it wasn't the traditional STL hat. It was the Cardinal on a perch hat. So, you know, I like to wear hats that are throwbacks. I have about 25 different hats, um, from different teams all over the, all over the MLB. Um, I have like, just to reference a few, I have the 1998 San Diego Padres World Series hat. I have the Oakland A 1989 World Series hat. I have the 96 Yankees World Series hat. I have the Jeter Yankee hat. Um, I also have one of my favorite hats, the 1997 Turquoise Florida Marlin hat. You love that one. Um, I have, what else do I have? That's that's interesting. I have a Milwaukee Brave 1957 World Series hat with the patch and everything. Uh, in 2015, when the Mets and Royals were in the World Series, I bought a World Series uh, Royals hat without the patch because in New York, all of a sudden, when the Mets are in the World Series, they forget there are two teams in the World Series, not just one, and they yell at the guy at the lids for that one. I was like, you know, there's two teams, right? They had the Mets World Series, but not the Royals World Series. <clears throat> so, anyway, back to the MLB, since it's a nice little segue. Um, I'm putting on the hat backwards now because it's my there turn to rant now. Here we go. Oh, we got, I see some. I see some sweat marks. Mm. Now, now we're really getting intense now. So, I love baseball, not just because I'm a Yankee boy or a Yankee fan, and all I watch are the Yankees. I will watch the Colorado Rockies play the San Diego Padres on a random Wednesday night, just because I love to watch the game, and and just watch. I just love the game. The game is it's so glamorous and so beautiful to me. And it pains me that we are now talking about a strike and a chance that baseball will not be played for the first time since 1994. And for those of you who remember that strike, the season ended with the Montreal Expos in first place and the Yankees in first place. And if it wasn't for the 94 strike, we still might have a team in Montreal. They wouldn't have moved to Washington. But there is a big divide right now between the Players the players Association and the owners. And the main reason for this is the fact that you have big market teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers who are claiming poor. Tell them. Poor. How? How? If... Y- if you want to sit behind the plate at a Yankee game, you need to win the fucking lottery. Okay? They serve you food. They lobster. All this shit that you don't need to sit down and watch a fucking Yankee game. Oh, it's ridiculous. And they're not, and they're claiming poor. Yeah. How the fuck yeah. are you going to claim poor when you're charging your fans that much fucking money? 
It's fucking horseshit. Well, the Rockies have a lot of money, don't they? And the Rockies, who are in the Midwest, in Colorado, where players do not want to go, just signed Nolan Arenado to a $26 million deal for one year. That's a lot of money. And the Yankees don't want to pay Harper or Machado. You tell me how that makes sense. So you know what? If I had to pick a side between being on the PA or being with the owners, I'm with the Players Association on this. Okay? Because the owners have manipulated the system to the point where baseball is going to die. Okay? There are two stud prospects that are going to be in the majors next year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Fernando Tatis Jr. And you know what's going to happen? You're not going to see them until the end of May. Why? Oh, something called service time manipulation. And I've talked about this before. What service time manipulation, you ask? So, a player in the minors, once they get called up to the majors, their service time clock starts. Okay. And the, Yan- and the Yankees and every team has control over these prospects for six years. Six years. Okay? And three of those six years are arbitration years. So the player can argue, and that gets ugly. Just look at Dellen Batanzas. He hates the Yankees front office because of how they treated him in the pre-arbitration hearings. Now, what's going to happen is, is if you sit and wait a few extra weeks... You get that player for an additional year. So instead of it being six years, it's seven. So you're taking these kids, these young kids, and saying, you know what? You're ready, but you're going to rot away in the minors for an extra couple of months. So this we get that extra year of control. So you don't get paid. Aaron Judge is not going to be a free agent until he's 30. 31. Because of this shit. That's crazy. Okay, the only reason why Machado and Harper are free agents, young, so young, is because they were up in the major leagues at 19 years old. <clears throat> Harper was 19 and baby-faced when he came up. Okay, and the same thing with Machado. He's still baby-faced. And he's still baby-faced, you know. But I can do without his hair, though. But if I'm a player and I'm 26 years old. And I go to multiple All-Star games, and I have multiple gold gloves, and I win an MVP award, or I'm in the MVP award. I deserve to get paid. And these players deserve to get paid. You know what? It's not about the Yankees paying them. I don't give a fuck who pays them at this point. Somebody's (laughs) got to fucking pay them. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if a Japanese league team jumped in and said, Hey, you know, I will give you an ownership of the Yamiuri Giants. And I will give you a lifetime contract. Sharks? Is that a team? I don't even basketball? fucking know. I think it's a bad. I don't even fucking know. But well, they had the same thing going on in soccer. Like some of the best players in the world at such a young age are getting these crazy offers from Chinese teams because they have so much fucking money. They're paying them. They can't even. The, the fucking Premier League can't even fucking touch the money that the Chinese are giving them. And these guys in their prime are going to play in China against nobody. They can't even compete in in, in Champions League. That's a whole different thing. But you brought up the Japanese league. I thought I had to go into my little soccer thing for a little bit. But now, spring, tr- spring training, pitchers and catchers report 
On February 11th, February 11th, 12th, and 13th. I think the latest date is the 15th. And these guys aren't signed yet. And I saw a report on Bleacher Report on was, my team stream. Was he Harper a catcher when he first came up? In high school, he was. He wasn't a pro. He was never a pro catcher. He was always an outfielder. Always. Mm-hmm. Never a catcher. Machado came up as a shortstop, and they moved oh, him to knew, third. I knew that. Okay. But the earliest team to report is the Seattle Mariners on February 11th. The latest team to report is on the third, on the fifteenth. The Atlanta Braves, no pun in, you know, kind of convenient here. Coincidence. It was coinky dink, but I don't know what these teams are waiting for. Okay, I don't understand what the issue is. You have these big market teams using the luxury tax as a salary cap. Okay, what's the point of a free market if you're going to take a luxury tax that's not even considered as a, a, a salary cap and turn it into one? Okay, the Yankees, if you remember, always had the highest payroll in the game. The Dodgers in recent years too. Now a small market team that, never had, that always had pride on not having the biggest payroll has the biggest payroll in the Boston Red Sox. Okay, now what's going to happen when Trout's a free agent? They're not going to pay him either, you know, and they're trying to get savvy and these fucking nerds are sitting behind their computer saying, you don't have to pay these guys. Okay. Don't give me the fucking Pythagorean theorem and tell me that it's raining. When I, like I said with football, I have eyeballs. Okay. You know what the beautiful thing about baseball is? It's the same game from the 1918, early, late 1800s. Okay. There are on a diamond, 90 feet away bases with a 60 foot mount. The game is the fucking same. There was no rule changes like the implement the implement of the three-point shot in the NBA. Okay? Yeah. There was no major rule changes like the NHL where they took away the two-line pass and changed the icing. You're right. Okay? What's the biggest rule change? Oh, it, just like high school. Oh, you don't have to throw four balls. You just automatically walk them, which ruins the fucking game anyway. Okay? How many times did you see a, uh, a pitcher who is zoned in throwing 95 miles an hour, have to throw a pitch out to a standing catcher and overthrows the catcher. That's not going to happen anymore. But the MLB, as much as we are traditionalists and we love our pastime and we don't want it to change, right? You can't reach a new fan, okay, by showing that you are so tight-stringed with your money that you're not going to pay the biggest stars in the game, Okay. You look at look at these NBA contracts. They're making twenty Anthony Davis is making twenty-seven million dollars a year in a salary cap. With a salary cap. Like, it doesn't make sense for me. It doesn't make sense. The and NBA will pay will, will pay anybody. The fucking Kelly Olinick is a shit player and he's getting paid a really good salary. And the Heat, this guy Tyler Johnson, who like doesn't even fucking play got an amazing contract and, and you're right you're absolutely right you know the everybody's afraid of the 10-year deal because it, it you know it doesn't it for in baseball because it doesn't never pan out you know if a-rod never re-signed that 10-year deal and opted out after the seventh year that would have been one of the best contracts yeah, you're right. okay him opting out kind of fucked everybody over you know the best 10-year contract that was signed was jeter's it was 10 years 189 million okay so a-rods would have topped that if he never opted out so, I understand the fear, okay? But you're not going to win if you're afraid, okay? Just like you, just like people always say, well, 
that Shashara contract was worth it, even though he was shit at the end, because we won a World Series in his first in the first year of that contract. You know what? Look at age. He's these two guys, these two I'm just talking about two. There are other free agents, like a Kimbrel that's still out there, you know, and other and other free agents like Mustakis, who's a decent third baseman. What about um the, the pitcher with the beard from Houston. What the fuck's his name? Keuchel's still a free agent. He's Dallas Keuchel. He's decent. He, he, he's going down. He's on a downtrend. His numbers, he hasn't been the same since he won the Cy Young. But still, he's a decent, serv- he's a solid, serviceable pitcher that can get you outs, and he's yeah, left-handed. What the fuck? But, and he owns the Yankees. But, you know, you can't tell me that an eight-year deal, or even a 10-year deal, you're going to be out of the deal by the time he's 36. That's good. You know, and if you want to offer him an opt-out halfway through the deal, offer him an opt-out, okay? So then you really, um, it, potentially, you're, it's only a five-year deal, okay? But don't tell me that Nolan Arenado, who's 28, who's older, deserves $26 million a year, and these guys don't, okay? I think if I was Manny Machado and, and the White Sox offered me $175 million, I'd laugh at them. And say, don't, don't, I'm done with you. I'm not even looking to come. I don't give a fuck if my fucking brother-in-law's on your fucking team. And you have my fucking workout buddy on the team. That's, that, that's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Like I said, a fair offer for Machado is eight years, 275, with an opt-out after the fifth year. I've been saying it since we started this fucking show. And Harper maybe gets a little bit more. He plays in, he plays in the outfield, the left-handed bat. I would say he would be, get she he should he deserves the bigger contract because he doesn't have a lot of baggage that Manny has with the whole not running out crap and whatever. So that's my rant. Get it together because you want to know something. I don't in three years. I don't want to have to spend the summer without baseball and having to watch independent league baseball with has beens and never wases. Okay, don't do it. The fans don't deserve it. And just because you want to be greedy, don't let your greed get in the way. Amen. Okay, so... It's Sunday. It's Sunday. Uh, but now, let's end. Let's go into our next segment here, push and pull factors. All right. Okay, mm, so do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so what's your push factor for the week? My push. My push, well, my, my push was the, was the Porzingis thing. Uh, and you really can't top that. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just again summarize. I don't, I don't understand where he gets off thinking he can say what he said and demand a trade like that when he hasn't proven anything. And I don't like that he didn't want to stick around. That's my push. Fuck him. So my push is now ESPN is a dying sports network. It's dying. Okay, they ruin Sports Center. They all they cover is football. They don't and they don't cover hockey. They don't cover all, the, every sport fairly. Okay, and they're too politically correct for me, so I don't watch them anymore. And I used to watch Sports Center every morning, but now with sport, now what ESPN is deciding to do is back to baseball, canceling Baseball Tonight as a nightly show. So you're going to see Baseball Tonight. But it's going to be before the Sunday night games. Meanwhile, they have they have fo- football shows every fucking day, even without football season. And they have the the college football tonight oh, show, yeah, college game day. You know, like this is why nobody wants to watch ESPN anymore. 
okay? Because you guys, you guys should just change your name to the NFL Network 2. Because that's all you talk about. You're talking about football in July. Who gives a fuck about football in July? Talk about the sports. Like we said in this podcast, we're going to talk about the sports that are in season. Yep. Okay? And that's what we're doing. We're talking about hockey. We're talking about basketball. We, we probably talk more hockey in this show than they have in the past six years. <laughs> okay? Ever Their si- biggest thing is getting, uh, what's his name? Barry Melrose. Barry Melrose on there with John with, with John Butchergross and those mm. two sucking each other off and being like, Oh, Barry, I love your fucking mullet, man. You're so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, let's see them uh, fucking twinkling the pine into the twine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And not for nothing, before the lockout, the Stanley Cup was on ABC. And ESPN carried games. Now, you know, NBC has that contract. And, you know, NBC Sports has that contract. But why are you cutting your brand short? You're a, sport, you're a sports channel. That means you cover all sports. And there is competition. You're not the only dog in town. Every There's the NHL network, the MLB network. The Fox Sports has a network now. Uh, NBC has a sports network. TBS covers sports. Um, golf has its own channel. Like, you're not the only show in town. Yeah, ESPN was the wide, wide world of sports. Well, that's what they're, they're the wide, wide world of sports. What does wide world mean? All sports. All sports. And then you come out with ESPN Plus and charge your viewers more money. Well, it's $5 a month. But it's still. a great deal. I, I like it. But still, though. They carry, they carry Italian league soccer on there. You can't even fucking find that anywhere. Okay. But this is the thing. You're hurting your brand. I, I agree. I think. End the story. They, You're hurting your brand. End the story. I think they um they do cover football more than anything else. I would like for them to cover everything equally. Um, but their their defense is probably oh, but ESPN you know radio you can listen to the Rangers on the on the, on the ESPN New York radio station. But they don't cover hockey, so what? I can listen to the game on the radio. And that's what I'm saying. Like they don't go in depth stuff. You know, the biggest closest thing they have they don't have an, an NHL Tonight show. They don't have uh, many hockey segments in their Sports Center show, and the closest thing is Don LaGreca's podcast, Game Misconduct. If I really want to watch, listen to hockey, I'll go to a podcast. I'll go watch, listen to a Ranger podcast or an NHL podcast because that's where I want to get my hockey fix. You know, I love some of the shows here, like Michael K. And, you know, Don LaGreca, and I could deal without Rosenberg. But Rosenberg as well, because he's just there. I miss Ryan Rucco on that show. Yeah. But uh, Skippy, they used to call him. And Don LaGreca's rants. But even then, they're covering the Jets. They're covering the Jets, and they're covering football. You know, I love Michael Kay. I can hear him talk about baseball all the time. But, you know, I know that they're under the finger of ESPN, and ESPN has an agenda, and they want them to follow that agenda. But let's go to our pull factors now. What's your pull factor? I got a good one, but I want to hear what you guys All right, so mine is actually hockey-related. It is uh, the NHL celebrating Black History Month for the first time ever. And I think that's that's pretty amazing. It's weird and amazing at the same time. It's weird because hockey is considered one of the four major sports in the country, and yet this is the first time they're celebrating Black History Month. But when you think about it, there's there's really, like, hockey's not a black sport. Right or not? Uh, I shouldn't say a black sport. It's not a sport that has a high amount of black players. Um, but now they say there's a roughly 20 black players in the whole league. 20 in the whole league. But I, I think it's amazing that they're celebrating Black History Month for the first time. I think it's really cool. Um, so some quick 
uh, facts about black hockey players. The first ever was a guy named Willie O'Ree. I hope that's how you say his name. Um, and he was the first player ever, black player ever. And now you got guys today, some of the better players in the league. You know, you got your boy, P.K. Subban. Subban. Um, Character. I love him. Yeah. No, Evander Kane. I hated him when he was on Montreal, though. Yeah. Evander Kane, another good player. Wayne Simmons, good player. I mean, Jerome McGinley was a really good player for a very long time with the Flames. And a guy named uh, Seth Jones, Blue Jackets. You know him. Yes, I do. Good player. Yeah? Good player. Good okay. defenseman. Okay. Young. So, still young. So, you know, their whole message is that hockey's for all. And I, I think that's I think it's great. Um Hockey, yes, it's predominantly white. But there really isn't a reason why it shouldn't be. But when you think about it, where is hockey played? It's played in places that it's mostly populated by white people. So Canada. Yeah, Canada and Russia. And like fucking Northern European countries. Um, but really cool how it's starting to kind of integrate more. Um, I think it's good for them. They don't want to put off the message that they're not welcoming black players you know it's not that that's not the case at all it's just that it's not a lot of them that play but i still like that they're celebrating the few that they have i think it's really cool that that is cool and it's you know i mean it's always nice you know in in you know with baseball they always you know they have a jackie robinson day for jackie robertson and you know all these other things but my pull factor is not covering the four major sports it's covering the pba the professional bowlers tour and I love bowling. I watch bowling. And what's interesting now is that they're ha- this week, starting on February 5th, they're, they're having their Tournament of Champions. Um, it's one of their bigger tournaments, and it's going to air on TV February 11th on Fox Sports. But that's not the story. The story is that PBA legend Carmen Silvino is gonna is made is bowling in the TOC, and what's so great about this guy? He's 85 years old. He's an 85 year old PBA Hall of Famer, and he's competing in his 29th PBA Tournament of Champions. It's a it's a record as the oldest player to compete in a PBA Tour event. Okay, he's a 17 time Tour winner. And he is quoted in the article on the PBA website. He goes, I'm in shape and ready to go. I'm working out and doing a lot of, of bowling to get ready. My weight hasn't changed in 63 years. I'm 195 pounds and haven't fluctuated five pounds on either side since. So he is a ambassador of this game. He's been in bowling for you know, he was in the 1962 TOC, okay? And it just shows you that everybody talks about age, age, age. You know what the great thing about bowling is? It doesn't matter how old you are. If you physically can walk and swing a ball, you can bowl. And That guy's balls are definitely swinging. Yeah, and you know what? And... He's going against uh, against some of the youngest, um, you know, some of the youngest best bowlers of our of our generation right now, but 
it's just great to see that, you know, he's going to have a shot to make the TV show on Sunday. Um, so that's my poll. So before we wrap things up here, is there anything that you want to talk about that, you know, non-sports related that saw you that you saw during this week? Hmm. <clears throat> this is super random, 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 random. Italian grandma lives in uh, her original house, right? Uh, she had Sunny D in her fridge. I haven't seen Sunny D in forever. I, the last person I think I w- would thought to have it was my Italian grandma. So that was random as fuck. Uh, you know, for me, it was just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just, I really hadn't seen anything. To be honest, no, no, they were yeah, talking. It wasn't a great. No, no, nothing out of the mind. Uh, I shot seven hundred on Monday night. Nice. You know, except for those non-bowling fans, I don't know what seven hundred is. That is in league, you bowl three games, and it's you take your three scores, add them together, that's your series. Okay, so I shot seven hundred. So that's amazing. That's good. And if you shoot seven hundred and above, you know you had a good night. And um, it's what's interesting is that. Uh, I still haven't shot an 800 yet. I really want the 800. The 800, you get a ring. It's oh, nice. That's cool. You know, I already have my 300 ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I have three of them. Actually shot Mr. 300 maybe three or four weeks ago. I shot 279. For those of you who don't know what 279 is, what the scoring is, it's I missed one. I missed one spare. One strike. I shot nine spare or eight spare. So, you know, pretty good but with that without further ado thank you for listening um you know we are building our brand right now and we're trying to get everything under control um we're new to the podcast world so we're we're gonna put together a patreon account we're putting together um private youtube accounts where you're gonna talk hear chen's talk about his favorite sports and you know mine um you know just one-on-one uh, those will be shorter videos, obviously, but we'll talk about more stuff passionately instead of trying to be so thin and widespread. So without further ado, we hope to hear from you guys. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. You guys know the handle. Uh, look for our Instagram account because we're putting that together as well. You're going to see some videos up there as well of Chen's on his rant. Uh, and without without that, you know, without you guys, we're, we're nothing. So without further ado, Chen's. I've just got one question for you. Who do you think you are? I am. See ya. Go Rams.